2: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski. We've got Greg Boyson. We've got Mario Terabasi. But as you can see, if you're watching us on YouTube, and you should be, we're joined by the new voice of the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris Fosters. Chris.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. This is an awesome studio. Thank really, you. really, it looks great on camera looks great in person um, i was actually watching your show yesterday and i saw that there was a, a very sad injury to part of your jonathan <laughs> yeah. Tate's memorabilia yeah. collection yeah. <laughs> so i actually as a as a gesture of goodwill i just wanted to uh, bring by a, oh, wow. another uh, a replacement <laughs> for you guys <laughs> there you go. This would uh, complement your that collection. Famous, All right, right. beautiful. So, so. Yeah, put it right up there. <laughs> got to get uh, Taser off the off the injured list here. So that's awesome.
1: Uh, there you go. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, well, nicely done. Love it. You're little, the f- you're the first <laughs> guest to, to actually bring something. So that's that's awesome.
0: No, hey, it's uh, <laughs> he had a great game last night too. So I yes, figured you know perf- yeah. we got
1: to we got to get him healthy on
0: the show again. Yeah, as we, well.
1: we we patched him patched him up uh, just in time to get the, <laughs> the get the se- the second goal of the game last <laughs> he, night. He's so.
3: a hockey player. He'll be back. He won't miss a shift. Rub some dirt on it. He's so, tough.
2: Chris, uh, has that title sunk in yet? The new voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. What is that? How does that feel to hear?
0: It, it still, it still is sinking in. I think still definitely in in the process of just getting getting used to it. But it's uh, every day I wake up. I mean it it's a it's a thrill. It hasn't certainly gotten old yet, and I, I'm having so much fun with this kind of month long trial run sprint to the finish line here since Pat's last game. Everyone has been super supportive, super fun to work with, and. I'm just really excited for for the next full season and and uh, the off season before that. So, what has it kind of
1: been like now settling into it? Because it was kind of a long process to go through like the the auditions in the season. What's it been like to now just be like, I have the position
0: now, I can you know get settled into it. it it's been refreshing in a way because it's just been trying to focus on what I know, and that's being a play by play broadcaster and and calling games, and so. I think the biggest learning curve for me is just been learning the NHL on a on a very detailed basis. So, I feel like I, I feel pretty good on on the Hawks roster as it stands right now, even as it's changed and evolved over the final weeks of the season here. But it's been every game facing a team that I haven't seen before. That's been the that's been the biggest challenge. But it's a lot of fun as well. I mean, if that's what I got to do for work to get to know the NHL a little bit, um, sign me up. That's it's yeah. a, a pretty good gig.
2: So I've always sort of wondered about that process, especially you who you're sort of on a part-time basis and you're doing other sports. How do you jump in and learn not only here's all the jersey numbers and the players for both teams, but aside from, you know, there's there's media releases and bios and all those things, but how do you get it? how do you just jump into the rhythm of a season? Be it hockey, be it volleyball, be it whatever. How does a broadcaster jump in from I haven't done this before to now I'm doing this and I need to sound like an expert? What was your process for that?
0: the The process for me—that's a very good question because it, it, it felt similar to doing national games where you you parachute in and get a, a game of the week as opposed to following the same team all season long, and that does come with its own unique set of challenges. For me, the the biggest key was just spending as much t- time around the team as possible, and that and that included practice, that included. Media availability that included uh, talking to people like Greg, who I who I see at, at skates and stuff like that, to just get to know the the vibe and the beat of the team. And Mario too, I see him around. I don't want to don't want to forget <laughs> for about sure. you yeah. over there for sure. But uh, it, you know, it was really it was really just putting in hours ar- around the team. And fortunately, the Blackhawks were great about giving me all the access that I wanted, letting me come to practice, uh, letting me talk to Derek King before games and. That's really helped me feel like I I know the the pulse of the team.
3: You've uh, now that you've got the gig that all that pressure's off. The audition is over. You've had a few games now to work besides Edzo, and it seems like you guys are starting to build that chemistry. Yeah, that we're so used to hearing out of that booth. What's what's it been like <laughs> working with the guy that many say is the best color man in the business?
0: It, it's been a it's been a huge treat and when I, even in the audition process for the job, that was one of the, the coolest things about it. You know, you still do have, I think, fan moments, even when you're on this side of, of the veil in the sports industry. And for me, it was just like, wow, getting getting to work with a guy like Eddie Olchek, who's called however many Stanley Cup broadcasts, um, and is such a big presence in, in the sport of hockey, both among players and, and administrators but also fans and broadcasters. It was it was just really cool. And and he he makes me sound better and he props me up. And I've learned so much just by talking to him in the in the commercial breaks. I mean that's that's when you really I think learn the ins and outs of the game. It's just in those in those moments between when the red light is on. And he's been just a lot of fun super supportive and and again um i'm really appreciative for the opportunity to work with them because it's really been a boost for for me and and my career how has it changed from
2: let's say your first game calling a hawks game to now in terms of how you watch the game how you watch plays unfold has it has it changed drastically from game one to now
0: yeah it, it it really has and and I think it's going to continue to change drastically, quite frankly, because I went through a similar experience earlier in my career in baseball. I was a minor league baseball announcer for many years. And sort of, you know, this feels in some cases a little bit similar just in terms of being the voice of a team and, and being around the same team day in and day out over the course of a of a long five, six-month season. And so you, you, you just learn to see the game in a much more detailed way the more games that you watch and it really just comes down to to repetition so that's been one of the the really fun and rewarding parts about the job so far and I know that it's going to continue to be that going forward is just seeing seeing the game more it, it, you know instead of just seeing Ten skaters and two goalies. Okay, now I can kind of see what the what the forwards are doing and how the defensemen come up and and get involved in the play or or make a pinch to try and keep the puck in the zone. So, starting to see stuff like that. Starting to see how uh, turnovers lead to odd man rushes. You know, that's that's really fun when you're starting to see things develop in that way. Uh, there was a moment actually in uh, the San Jose game when the Hawks were on the power play and, you know, just passing, passing it around, you know, you couldn't, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, debrink had the puck and he passed it uh, through the slot. And I didn't, I couldn't necessarily see who was going to, who was there to receive the puck, but I knew that it was just going to be Patrick Kane because of the way that, that, <laughs> yeah. the that their power play passing has worked and just having seen enough of those moments on the ice. So yeah, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. And, uh, and again, there's been so much, so much support around me. So many people who have been willing to take time to talk to me about the game and and have really been invested in in seeing me get better at this. And that's been that's been very humbling. So I think one of the 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 biggest things, not only with
1: with you getting the the gig as the the new voice of the Blackhawks, has been the kind of the farewell tour of of, of Pat Foley. Sure, and. You know whether whether or not you know it was a move totally on his own accord or whatever else might be said online, I think a lot of fans were kind of hesitant to the fact of getting used to getting used to new voices and, and new people being the voice of the Blackhawks after having knowing Pat Foley for almost forty years. So, what is that like for you now coming in replacing someone who was so ingrained with the team and and such a legend and
0: and knowing that it's it's kind of an uphill battle, definitely. And you know the 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 adage that I've heard when it comes to play by play broadcasters is you don't want to replace the legend; you want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaces the legend. And that <laughs> did not work out uh, in, in my career. I, I I went against the grain there. I'm I'm replacing the legend, so it's been it's again it's been really rewarding for me because of how great Pat has been through this process before I did my first game back in November, he called me and just said, hey, you know, take me out of this equation entirely and just be yourself on these broadcasts. Just have fun. Don't don't think about how I call the game. Just call the game the way that feels natural and comfortable to you. And then as the process wore on and and I really started to feel like, hey, I've got a chance at, at the actual job, he took me out to lunch and just let me pick his brain about how he preps for games. Uh, you know, it was really interesting just hearing how the game and how broadcasting the game has evolved over the last four decades that that he's been doing this. So I know it's a challenge. And, look, I'm a fan as well. At, at, that's why I got into this, because I'm a fan. And I, I think one thing that was hard for Blackhawks fans this year specifically was the lack of, of certainty and not knowing – on a game to game basis necessarily who was going to be broadcasting the games and i get it as a as a as a guy who grew up grew up rooting for his local teams and for that matter his local announcers you know when when the when the top guy when your favorite announcer isn't doing the game you know it's it, there's less of an incentive to watch so um I get where the fans are coming from there. I'm certainly not trying to, to overlook that, but the only thing I can do is is just be myself. And it's been great working with Edzo because he's, again, helped, helped loosen me up. Colby Cohen, same thing. I've really enjoyed working with him. I, I think that on the games when, when Edzo is doing national work or when Colby's between the benches, I think fans will, will really continue to grow and appreciate what Colby can bring to the broadcast. And so – Again, at the end of the day, I'm just gonna try and be myself and I think given time, I think Blackhawks fans will will get used to me and, and hopefully get to like me and, and uh I just want them to know how gracious and, and appreciative I am of this position and and uh, how much I really enjoy being here. Well, I I follow up question on yeah, that. When when
1: when you go out to lunch with Pat Foley, who picks the restaurant and who picks up the bill?
0: I, I mean, look, <laughs> you know who's picking the restaurant. I mean, Pat's picking the restaurant. Uh, and and we went to the we went to the breakfast club actually, which oh, I nice. I would highly recommend. Really good, uh, really good Greek omelet that I had, um, and I I offered I offered to pick up the check, but but he you know ah what are you doing? I'm picking that up. He he totally <laughs> totally laughed laughed me off, but uh, he, he was he's been very very generous. Very, uh, very kind to me, and it's uh, it, that's been just really, really cool to kind of have him take me under his wing like that.
2: Well, I can tell you're you're in a really good headspace about this thing because you know, replacing a legend is tough. But but you said it all. You can do is be yourself. And when you think about the play-by-play men, the color analysts, the radio personalities that have had success in Chicago, it's not their polish. It's not their ability to call game, it's their personality. And the fans feel like they get to know them. They feel like they're in with the inside jokes. And and that's the sort of thing that and I know like we always say like that's a Chicago thing. I think most sports fans like to feel part of the team. So you're on it, man. If if you if you're yourself and you're not trying to be Pat Foley, and no one can be, and Pat Foley knew he couldn't be Lloyd Pettit. So he did his own thing. Being yourself is in any industry and in media. That that's the key. That's how you're gonna get people to really love you and really embrace you and and you're well on that way man it's it's been great
0: well thanks and and i think one of the unique things about about the chicago sports market is that it's a huge market i mean it, it's a it's a top 3 market in the united states but it has a small market feel in terms of i think how the fans are endeared and how deeply passionate they are about their teams there's not kind of the, you know, the coldly personal, oh, we only hop on the on the bandwagon when the team's good. I mean, that's one thing that's amazed me about Blackhawks fans this year is that even though the team has struggled on the ice, you know, you talk to fans and they're as determined and as hopeful as ever to just be a part of the of the next wave when when the team rises again. And so I think that's really cool. And and look, being even though this is a big town, it's still a Midwest town. And I think fans and and people here appreciate authenticity and, and genuineness and they, and they smell a rat when, when that's not, not the case. So that's a, and, and look, I, I grew up in the Midwest. So I I think I, I think I understand that. And I don't think that I have to be somebody that I'm not in order to uh, convey that.
3: Does it take a little bit of the pressure off of being Pat Fuller's replacement that you're, coming in coincides with the rebuild. There's going to be a lot of new faces over these next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of new players, fans have to get used to, and now there's a new voice. So you kind of coinciding with that. Does that take a little bit of that pressure off?
0: I think it does, and it's also really exciting for me too. You know, I'm, I'm a history buff, and I love sports history specifically. And look, this is, this is an organization that is rich and as storied as, as any sports organization in the, on the continent. And how cool to be a part of this new era, this new age, this new wave of of Blackhawks hockey it was one thing that really sold me on the position, to be quite honest. and there were there were a lot of boxes that this gig checked for me and and that was one of them, the chance to just be a part of of this next chapter in an already storied franchise.
2: I wonder, you know we actually left the building last night as we were talking about you coming in today, talking about this. I know a lot of fans had trouble adjusting to who's calling the game tonight. And it, yeah. it got a, kind of a little bit whiplashy, but now that it's established and now that it's done, fans got a chance to know you as the season was going on. So instead of 82 games of Pat Foley, cut it. Here's a new guy that you've never heard before. I think it's going to ease your transition a little bit. There's not this. I remember when Pat Foley left the organization a few years ago when Dan Kelly came in, people hated Dan Kelly. Why? Because he wasn't Pat Foley. And that was it. But the fact that you've been able to be a familiar voice with Eddie and with Colby and with everybody, it has eased you into people's lives. I think, and you, you would know better than me, but it seems like most people have really embraced the move since you've been named.
0: Well, I I, uh, I appreciate you saying that. And again, look, you know, I, I understand that there are. It, it, it's a very subjective thing, um, you know, being a play-by-play broadcaster and and liking. Whatever play-by-play broadcaster you're drawn to, or or analysts for that matter. I mean, it, it's very subjective. It comes down to taste. So, um, but I have been very, very humbled and very appreciative of the support that I've gotten, not only in person but also on the on the social media space as well. And you got to have a good you got to have a good sense of humor about it. I think somebody on Twitter. Took a screenshot of me and Colby from the San Jose game and put us next to uh, Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> which which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, in some ways, you know, I actually I, I took that as a compliment. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, it, it, it's stuff like that too. It, it's fun, and uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying the the playful ribbing that comes along with it at times. So, you know,
1: you you've come from a a background where you're kind of like freelance broadcasting. You've, you've done a lot of network gigs where you're not necessarily like with a team. I know you said you did minor league baseball for a while. Um, so what was, what's the experience like having been, you know, going through like big 10 network where, you know, you'd have to do a basketball game, a volleyball game. You, I've seen that you've done you know, high school basketball and, and you did the Olympics and the Paralympics, like being able to bounce around like that over like the course of a year. How difficult is it to kind of jump into those games and have to know a little
0: bit about each team, each player, and and how different the sports are? Definitely a challenge. And, you know, a, a challenge in a, in a different way to being with a team day in and day out where, where you really want to know, every little thing that's going on and, and, and not feel like you're, uh, you only have this kind of surface level view of the team, uh, because that's not what the fans are expecting. So it was, a uh, it was just a different era, a different set of challenges, I guess, in my career, but it was, it was a huge deal for me to get to the big 10 network because that's what got me to Chicago and what got me to, a, to a major media market. And, the, the way that I adjusted to that is is the exact same way that I'm I'm gonna settle in here and that just is with time and reps. And you know, by the time that I had that I had done two, three, four seasons following the Big Ten not just in football and basketball but in in volleyball and in hockey and in whatever else then you started to feel like you knew the conference and you recognized the the rosters as they changed and turned over by the season and you started to develop some relationships with coaches and sports information directors and things like that so it w- that was just the the way that that I got used to it quite frankly and so even even by the time you know you mentioned yeah I, w- I was going from the Olympics to the to the Paralympics to college basketball uh, it, just simply by by doing it by going through the reps and getting the experience that's how you it's it, it's nothing nothing flashy nothing glamorous it's just kind of showing up to practice every day and, and just doing your thing that's uh, that's how you ultimately start to handle things like that
1: so being a Wisconsin alumni I'm also a Wisconsin Whitewater alumni. That's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great, great program. Great football program. When yes, D three very good uh, powerhouse. D three powerhouse. Yes, absolutely. When you would get assigned a Badger game for a Big Ten game, was yeah. it hard to be down the middle, or did you let a little bit of that Wisconsin alumni kind of seep through in your broadcast?
0: It definitely, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't hard to be down the middle. I, I think that um, that's just how you're how you're trained, quite frankly, to to be. Non-biased uh, when you're when you're coming up, um, so it was still it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was you know one of my career highlights getting to do basketball games at the Cole Center, getting to do hockey games at the Cole Center too. But I got to, I got a lot of you know it was cool because all your buddies would would tune in and you'd get tons of texts and and tags on social media. So I I kind of used that to um, I guess get my my emotions out, and then when it came to the broadcast, you know, you really just kind of lock in and, and call it and call it down the middle. But um, you know, it's a, it's a different set of circumstances now coming coming to work with the Hawks. And and look, I I know that fans are tuning in to to watch the Hawks and hear about the Blackhawks as opposed to the the Flyers or whoever the opponent may be. And so I I still think it's it's important to at least do the homework and understand okay where is this team at when they come in to play the Blackhawks. But, you know, I certainly understand that this gives me a little more of a creative license, I think, to to not be down the middle and to, you know, really get fired up when when you see Patrick Kane slot one in or whatever.
2: I imagine that's a difficult challenge for someone who's come up the way you have, moving sport to sport to sport, event to event to event, calling it down the middle, being trained as a broadcaster to call it down the middle. Now you're the team guy. Yeah. So there does have to be a little bit of that I guess you'd call it homerism, but not really, right? But the the Hawks' goal has to be more exciting than the Flyers' goal. Yes. Fortunately, the Flyers don't score many goals, so it's not, not a huge issue. But you know what I'm saying? Now, now that's going to be an adjustment you have to make as well.
0: Definitely. And so I, I was actually at the game last night as a fan. It was it was a it was a national game, but I. My parents actually came down, watched the game. It was their first Blackhawks game, and it was a cool experience to be able to sit with them in the stands. And I saw Tommy Hawk come up to the Philadelphia Flyers bench and on the glass he had this yellow construction tape and it said idiot zone on it and uh I was thinking like what what would it how would it go over if I called the other team's bench the idiot zone like would that be going too far I mean probably not to some fans so <laughs> but only I was, one way to
2: find out Chris. only one yeah. way to find out <laughs> there you go.
0: and that's the thing you know it's uh it's not an audition anymore so I and the Blackhawks have been great Within reason, about letting me, you know, throw whatever at the wall and just kind of see what sticks. Save, so. the,
3: save the idiot zone for the first Red Wings game, and yeah. you will be the okay. okay. yeah. biggest. Okay, you'll be beloved. Okay, you will win over
0: three hundred level. That's a, fans that's a crowd that favorite beat. move there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, and and real quick, that was one of the first kind of eye opening moments that I had when it came to just learning Blackhawks culture. The first game that I went to this season, so I knew that I had these games that I was going to audition for the position in early November and so I started going to the preseason games and the regular season games leading up to that and at a at a preseason game against the Detroit Red Wings I mean it it had the intensity of 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 a playoff game Mm -hmm. I mean and, and yeah the 300 level guys were from the from the opening puck drop I mean just the the chants and the cheering so I was like, "Oh wow, that's uh, this is this is great insight into into Blackhawks culture here." None.
2: We got a Detroit sucks chant at the Kraken game. Every game, every yes, game. Yeah, it's every always game. the guys right right every in front game, of the press yeah. box. It'll <laughs> happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't any matter time. if it's the Ottawa Senators. They want you to yeah. know that Detroit still sucks. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah.
3: some 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 traditions will never die, and that's yeah. one of them.
2: Hey, the best way to support us here at CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. Oh, no, we got more, more for you here. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content, access to our Discord channel, all kinds of cool special stuff, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit. Deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your Live Same Game Parlays. Watch Live, Parlay Live, and Boost Live with PointsBet. And remember, online sign up is available now in Illinois. Sign up on your phone from start to finish. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We're really happy to have Chris Vosters here with us in studio. Thank you to the Blackhawks for making that happen. Okay, Chris, so there's two games left in the year. Yes. What does your summer look like? What are you going to do in terms of taking a deep breath and relaxing, which I think everybody needs to do after this season, but then in terms of prep? What sort of things are you going to get into? Uh, what's your summer going to look like?
0: So for, first on my list when it comes to prep is I want to watch one game from every announce crew in the in the NHL. Just as I continue to learn about not just the game of hockey, but styles of announcing in hockey, we, we were talking about kind of finding my own voice as as the Blackhawks announcer. And, and one thing I want to do is because there are a lot of great NHL broadcast teams out there currently, I love to just sit down with a notebook, make a couple of notes on certain turns of phrase or maybe certain ways of calling a play that I like and would like to sort of piece together from that uh, my own style. And fortunately, I've had the chance to connect with a few other NHL broadcasters already, and, and they've been super kind and willing to speak to me in the off season, let me pick their brain and stuff like that. So I kind of am treating it like, like summer school. Like I, I really, I really want to dive into the history of the game, uh, the, the, you know, the current landscape of the game. And, and then of course the, the history of the, of the team as well to just really get up to speed on, um, you know, everything, everything about the sport and try and cram as much info in between my ears as I can.
2: Well, there's a really great book on the shelves there, uh, written by yours truly. You can get it at Amazon, wherever you like uh, the big 50 Blackhawks available, wherever great books are sold.
0: Autographed coffee. Could I get it? Okay. It'll cost you, but sure. Make that happen. Well, when you do,
1: when you do the, uh, you know, the cycle of listening to different broadcasts, uh, from around the league, I would, when you go and listen to the Coyotes broadcast, I would skip their recent game against the Ducks. Uh, Earlier this month, that one was probably one (laughs) too I wouldn't
3: wouldn't pay too (laughs) close attention to any Bruins broadcast either.
2: Just Okay. (laughs) All right. Doug Sherrod's great. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's great. That's That's,
3: that's the one to go with. Yeah. So Um, go ahead, guys. I just, just wanted to piggyback off of Jay's question talking about prepping in the summer but I'm going to go the opposite direction. I know summer, it doesn't feel like it, but summer is going to get here eventually. Mm-hmm. You, get <laughs> an, you, get a, you get a summer in Chicago, so when you're not watching all these other hockey games, what, what are you going to do to enjoy your time off before the season starts? Are you a music festival guy? Are you just go out and meet Pat at, and have breakfast? What, what, <laughs> what are you going to do this summer?
0: Well, listen, so full, full confession here, I am, not, I am not much of a golfer. Mm. That's something that I would like to change. It's not that I don't. It's not that I don't like it. I just didn't really have anyone in my family that golfed when I was growing up, and golfing is a huge part of hockey culture, especially in the off season. I mean, I, I think every hockey player actually wishes he was on the PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to be. And you know, it's talking about Pat and, and things that he's going to be yeah, doing yeah, in his retirement. Um I'd love to I'd love to be able to to hit the links a little bit, at at least be able to hack my way through nine or something (laughs) like that. Um I do love getting outdoors, though. Uh, it, that's kind of one one summer tradition that I've had with my dad, going back a, a while. We we try and take a either a hiking, backpacking, or camping type trip. So we're going whitewater rafting on the on the Salmon River in Idaho at the end of June. So I like having a, a trip like that every summer to just unplug and and disconnect and get away from the the phone and the and the internet a little bit. So. Uh, but other than that, you know, definitely, I've I've been in Chicago for uh, three and a half years now, so this will be my my third my fourth summer, and you know the last two have kind of been a wash because of the pandemic. So right. I'm really excited to to stick around and and experience all the great things that make this the best city in America in the summertime, especially.
1: So we were, you know, doing some 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 prep here for for having you on the show and. Uh, in in my prep, I came across a website called chrisvosters.com, com, yes. which was which was very inf- informational. Good, and um,
0: I know the guy who built the website. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had
1: an idea who might have done it. Um, it mentioned there that when you were younger, you kind of got into broadcasting by uh, going and broadcasting games. Ah, uh, for backyard baseball.
0: Yes, how did that come about? You just started doing it as a kid? Yeah, I, w- I was a huge I was a huge fanatic of the backyard sports computer game franchise. So backyard football, backyard soccer, backyard basketball, backyard baseball. And uh, specifically, you know, and I, I guess I'll date myself here a little bit, but the the backyard baseball two thousand and one edition was great because every team had a had a major league player on it. So I think for the Cubs it was Sammy Sosa and the and the White Sox had Frank Thomas and so I don't really remember. I don't. It just happened organically, I guess. But I would just sit at the computer, be clicking around, and I, I would be, you know, here's the two-two pitch to Pablo Sanchez, so <laughs> swinging a it. swinging a drive to right. You know, I you'd get the power <laughs> up, you'd have the aluminum bat, and you'd just yes. send one into orbit. Uh, so literally, so <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, and I, I and then I kind of uh, I progressed in my in my development from from backyard sports to the Madden games. So yeah. That was uh, that was <laughs> another. I would sometimes I would even put the game on simulation, like not even play, like, I mean, we're, we're nerding out pretty, pretty <laughs> hardcore here, but, uh, yeah, I, w- I would call, I would call my video games and just, you yeah, know, kind of awesome. tinker around. That, yeah.
2: Hey, that is great practice <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because really, it really is. And, and I used to try my hand at that too, but I would just always turn into Pat Foley because I just, <laughs> it's who I listened to my whole life and it would become me trying to do it. And then my terrible Pat Foley impression. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to aim elsewhere in broadcasting, but really it is that, that. Why wouldn't you do it that way? There's no crowd in front of you. It is a simulation of a real baseball game or hockey game or whatever. It's a perfect way to practice. It might sound silly, but. It makes all the sense in the world that you would do it that, I, that way.
3: This side of the panel net, may not remember VCRs, but I used to just record <laughs> random <laughs> sports games, and then when no one was home, I'd put it in and do the turn the sound off and do my own play by play too. So yeah, I mean, th- th- those were the uh, us, Graybeard, Instead a. of DVRs, we had to actually use this machine. Hey, we
1: had we had VCRs, all right? In the yeah, it's probably in the in the junk TV all in the, the basement that nobody yes. used. <laughs> yes,
2: we did the we used to record. Early 90s WWF Monday Night Raws and record ourselves calling him on the Talk Boy. Remember the thing from Home Alone that yes. yeah. yeah, he yeah, carried around? And band. those yeah. tapes exist somewhere, and I hope to <laughs> God they don't get out. But yeah, everybody did that. Everyone, I think anyone who's who had an eye towards broadcasting, and you know it from a pretty young age, that it's something you're interested in. I got no well, I do have a little bit of shame about the wrestling tapes, <laughs> but in the ways I tried to do it, it is a perfect Audience, stress free way to 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 um you know flex your muscles a little bit and hey it paid off for you man look where you're sitting
0: yeah thanks. You're sitting
2: in CHGO with <laughs> yeah, us yeah it's that, huge it, this
0: has got to be a career highlight right <laughs> who who it is it is no it's great but yeah who'd have thought sitting in sitting in my basement uh, that was yeah the first step in in the process that ultimately led me here but yeah no it, like I've had fun every step of the way you know I I've learned to enjoy the the journey and not just you know because like when you're starting out, I mean, a job like this is every broadcaster's dream job. And this is what so many people work towards. But, uh, you know, along the way, I've learned that, you know, you got to enjoy whatever part of the journey that you're at. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then that makes getting here all the more, all the more rewarding, because you can kind of look back at all the cool relationships you met, all the, you've made all the cool people that you've met along the way. And so it's been, Fun to reflect on all that over the last couple of weeks. So, but, when
3: you were doing your backyard baseball games, who were the guys you were emulating? Who were the best? Who were the play-by-play guys that inspired you
0: growing up? Sure. Well, for for baseball, you know, like you, you always were imitating Pat Foley. I was always imitating Bob Uecker. I grew up in Wisconsin. Grew up a a big Milwaukee Brewers fan and got a you know a boombox for my eighth birthday from my parents and fell asleep listening to. The Brewers on six twenty in the summer, and then the Bucks on on six twenty with Ted Davis in in the winter. So it was, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be I always wanted to be Bob Euchre, I guess, growing up when I didn't really know any better. Uh, and and another guy like who's very similar to Pat, I, I think, in in many ways, in that he's been around the team for decades. He has become synonymous with with Brewers baseball, the way Pat has with Blackhawks hockey, and also he's a, a complete unicorn. He's one of one. He's got a style that's that's all to himself, and Brewers baseball will never be the same when the guy they call Mister Baseball steps down. So, um, you know, Bob Euchre was the guy that I always was trying to, I think, copy when I was when I was doing the games as a kid, but. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no point in trying to be the next Bob <laughs> Euchre like there's no point in trying to be the next Pat Foley because there's they're they're one of a kind.
3: He's one of those rare guys that no matter what team you root for, you love listening to him. You know, even though the Brewers are are you know as a Cub fan, Brewers are a rival. But throw some
0: Bob Euchre on there, I'll yeah. watch it all day. Well, and and the Brewers for for many many years were not a good team, and and so he because of his personality and I mean he's had a really interesting career like he appeared on the Johnny Carson show had a recurring bit there so he's re- he's really more of a Mr. Belvedere he's more of a comedian <laughs> as you know he, he of course and he was in major League. so he his personality I think really lends itself to baseball where he can make the game really interesting even if it's a 7-1 game in the third inning.
3: Yeah, it is a little funny though, because you, you you turn into those Brewer games hoping to catch some Harry Doyle, and you
2: realize he's not Harry
3: Doyle; <laughs> yeah. he's in the Brewers' brew. Yeah, okay, just just you know give us one a little bit, but no, he's great, fantastic stuff.
2: <laughs> well, that's something too that Pat and Eddie, as they settled into their chemistry, got good at, was when the games were out of hand one way or another, they still made the broadcast entertaining. Yes, they they were still telling you what was happening in the game, but maybe not quite as with as much detail <laughs> because it's six one. What either way. But they keeping the game interesting, and, and I'm curious. You know, it seems like, um, just anecdotally, you and Colby Cohen seem to have some pretty good chemistry going together. It seems like a genuine friendship um, that you two have, and and I I think um, it's, it seems like Colby's in the, in the plans big time for the future. Um, so you two could be doing things together for a while. It seems.
0: I, yeah, I, I certainly I certainly hope so, and and I see it for me again as really the the best of both worlds because I love I love working with Edzo. He again. He keeps me on my toes. He's got his own sense of humor, and I'm starting to figure that out. You know, kind of the little quips or one liner that one liners that he drops. Colby, just being very similar in age to me, it you know it really feels like I'm just watching the game with the buddy on the couch or something like that. And and in terms of bringing that conversational element to the broadcast, both of those guys I think help me get there uh, just by being who they are. And 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 they are different, but I think. Their commonality is that they both know the game very, very well, and have been super, just supportive of me, and and really good, just really good teammates. You know, they they know that I'm the new guy. I I, I would be a really easy guy to to ice out for whatever reason because I'm I'm not Pat, but they they know that a, a rising tide lifts all boats, and it's just again, it's been very very humbling to have them be so willing to, to support me and, and be so supportive of me publicly and privately as we've gotten this thing on track here. Well, we know we, uh, we, we've, we've enjoyed having uh, Chris on. We're going to uh,
1: keep having you on here for a couple more minutes here, but wanted to uh, say if you're enjoying the podcast, we hope you are uh, the best way to support us with uh, CHGO Blackhawks and CHGO Sports. And the best way to support yourself and your and your health is to uh, get yourself some athletic greens. They've come on recently as a sponsor here uh, with CHGO Sports, and they are very proud of their AG1 product. Uh, I've been using it uh, for a while now since they've come on, and it's, uh, it's been doing exactly what it's supposed to. It's uh, designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. Uh, it does pretty much, for, for me, what a cup of coffee does. It, it gets me going uh, right at the beginning of the day, so it's 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 been working wonders.
0: You guys think Mario's been uh, more energized as of late? Absolutely, yeah
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I was I was up at five o'clock this morning, <laughs> uh, and had had uh, AG one as part of my uh, routine to start the day, there and I feel 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 great.
3: Plus, when you look at this panel on a normal night, who are you going to believe is drinking the AG one <laughs>
1: in the morning? <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> just just one scoop of hey, AG1. <laughs> resemble that remark. Just one scoop of, uh, of the AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. And it's good for any different uh, diets that you have, whether it's gluten-free, keto, paleo, vegan, or daily-free. Whatever it is with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you might be. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com chgoblackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com chgoblackhawks to take ownership over your
0: health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
2: Stuff's working, man.
0: You guys you? do you guys do a great job on those sponsor reads, by the way. We've got some long ones in the Blackhawks broadcast as well, but you guys uh you guys crush them. Thank and you. And you're getting the, yeah. the Taco Bell Bell timing down very well. Thank you. I'm no. still kinda I'm still kinda letting Edzo and Colby take that, but uh yeah, the, the timing on that, on the Taco Bell take, that's key. You're right. That's that's a it's a team effort because that's yeah. coming that's
1: coming from the, the booth, uh the control room. Too. You're right. You're right. Don't, you're right. Don't screw up the Taco
3: Bell read, please. That's all I ask. Okay. It's
2: my favorite one of the night. All that's right. all it takes. Um, I'm interested in this too. What is your What level of relationship do you have with the players? I know the current landscape in the locker room creates, a, it's you can't just go wander around in there like before COVID where you can just kind of walk around and talk to guys, but had the players been welcoming, what kind of access do you have to them, if any? What's that been like?
0: Well, definitely over the, over the last couple of weeks, just by being around the team more, especially on the road, seeing guys get on and off the plane, running into guys in the lobby of the hotel, I, I've kind of been slowly going around and just making a point of, of introducing myself to to people as it sort of happens naturally. I, th- I think you're right. COVID has definitely limited access to to players. I'm hoping that we can get to a, a point where I can just pop in the locker room for a few minutes and, and just, you know, talk to Alex DeBrinkett about his goal the last night or something like that. Something, something more informal like that. I, I certainly hope we can get back to that point. But but the guy, the guys have been great, and and uh, I've you know really enjoyed meeting Jonathan Taves and and Patrick Kane and and everyone else as well. It's a it's a good group. They're really easy to be around, and you know no one is. This is not the season anybody has wanted, but I still think that that they're playing hard, and and I I think that uh, you know it's a from what I see guys are guys are getting along and and there's um you know there's a, it, it's a good group and I think Derek King also has done a done a fantastic job of just creating an environment where guys still show up every day and and want to want to compete hard
3: leading up to the Pat Foley's last game and the celebration a couple of weeks ago a lot of the talk after morning skate and post game was asking some of these players hey what's Pat Foley meant to you and, and a guy like Patrick Kane kind of sat back and realized well he's kind of call all my big moments in yeah. my entire career. How is that like knowing that we're gonna hopefully get a new crop of of superstars coming in the next couple years, how cool is it to kind of think that like, hey, I get to be that guy for say a Lucas Reichel where all his big moments, that's gonna be me on the YouTube call.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it's really it's an honor. It it's something that's very, very cool. You know, I, I don't I don't make any qualms about Blackhawks fans tuning in to to games to hear Chris Vosters. I mean, I think we we're, we might actually be at a point where people do turn into tune in to listen to Edzo because he you know he's that much of a figure in the industry. But I I don't I don't see myself as the as the certainly not as the main attraction or the center of attention when it comes to this stuff. So it's just cool having a having a bird's eye view or a front row seat, whatever the case may be, to great moments in sports. And one of the reasons why I love this job so much is that no two days are the same. No two games are the same. You, you never know what's going to happen necessarily night in and night out. So just being able to, sure, lend my voice to to some of these big moments. It's uh it's it's very very cool to think about. But it's not um, it's not necessarily the reason why I got into this. I think you know you just you get into it because you like you like sports. You like being around for for exciting moments. I love the the team dynamic of sports in particular, and then I've also really gotten to cherish the relationships that I've made along the way. You know, you talk about lending your
1: your voice to some of these uh, potentially some of these big future moments, and I, I'm I'm not sure if this happens happened to you all that much going through like you know getting into broadcasting school and going into into your career, but for me family and friends would always say, Oh, you know, you, you know, you have a a voice for, for broadcasting and and, and whatnot. But then, you know, getting, getting to meet you and and guys like Jason Ross jr. I'm like, no, I don't. They do. (laughs) And, and, and to, to hear you guys do games and then hear you talk just conversationally, it's like, Oh, you sound like just very like broadcasty. And I mean that in a really good way, very like polished and broadcasty, even just in, the conversation. So how does that, I mean, does that go back to, you know, when you're calling video games as a kid, does that kind of just, you just kind of like get that as more of a natural, like tone to your voice?
0: I think so. I or mean, you just
1: have really good genes from your parents I, and just came, I came out with a good broadcasting yeah, voice. Yeah. I,
0: I, uh, <laughs> I did not sound like this in the fifth grade, uh, or even the ninth grade for that matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I get, I think, I think part of it is, is definitely, is definitely luck uh, puberty, quite frankly, I think Shout out to puberty <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens to all of us. But, uh, I, I think part of it too, is, is definitely there, there's a, there's a lot of refinement that goes on, I think early in, in your career. And, and that's why to me, I really wanted to get into into minor league baseball when I was just starting out because you play every day over the summer in baseball. And it was an opportunity to just get on the air and, and practice my delivery practice my flow even kind of even out the kinks a little bit so there's definitely some of that that goes on as as well you don't play-by-play broadcasters I don't think just come out of the box you know ready to go some assembly is required so um yeah I but but I think I think too though this is always something that I've been drawn towards and and I've I've always always wanted to be a, a sports broadcaster before I before I even sounded like one I suppose so it, it's always been uh, the the perfect blend of two main interests of mine. I've always loved public speaking, and I've always loved sports. So this was at the crossroads of that, and and that's why I ultimately decided I wanted to get into this.
3: Well, As we joked on Twitter this morning, I may have the shirt collection, but you were born with the voice, so you win that trade off. <laughs> well, we're thank you. I,
0: I appreciate that. I love the Amazing Spider Man. By the way, that's yes. uh, that's sick.
3: It's it's my gimmick. I gotta go with it. You know, whatever gets you to to this chair, you you run
0: with it. Of course. Well, hey, and it congratulations, man. I know you're 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 down almost a, a Franklin over the getting last that, year. You're looking great. That. You're gonna have to get some
3: new shirts. It. They are getting a little roomy, but uh, I <laughs> may have to cut it off there. They're expensive to replace. Yeah. A smaller <laughs> size. Yeah.
0: That's alright, dude. The baggy look is good too. So. Yeah, I, I hear it's, I don't know. I hear it's to, coming have in have with to, the kids. Uh, again. I'll have to
3: talk to Nick Olchek about some fashion uh, yeah, uh you and me both you know yeah. see, see maybe maybe he's got a tailor that can help me out. And I'm sure he <laughs> He definitely does. He oh, I know he does. does. <laughs> you don't you don't come walking in the morning skate looking like that without a tailor. First time
2: I met Nick uh was at uh, a practice and he came walking down the at fifth third, you know, the elevated concourse. I'm like, This guy looks like a bond villain. He's wearing all black, the slicked hair. I'm like, Who is this guy? He's like Nick check, good to me. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even connect it. It would just look like, you know, he's going to silence or shoot me or something. Yeah. But he, every time I've met him, he's been dressed sharper
0: and sharper. It's I don't think Nick remarkable. owns a T-shirt. No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything has a collar. He and he and Eddie are going to be in studio tomorrow with Pat Boyle for pregame intermission and, and oh, postgame. Sweet, so nice. I actually wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and see if our if our audio team can give me the the mix minus because I I, I want to hear how those <laughs> intermission shows go you, down. Be a it's lot gonna fun. sound it's, like Eddie's it, talking to himself. Yeah, it's gonna be able, it's gonna if be You echoey. don't get the screen, you're not gonna know which one is talking. <laughs>
3: it's,
2: a, it's uncanny how how much they sound alike. Well you mentioned you like public speaking. Do you have any sort of like theater or speech background? Did you do anything extracurriculars outside of sports that sort of led you in this direction?
0: Yeah, well, so my big my big extracurricular thing in high school was was forensics, which is a very very misleading term because in a sense it means competitive public speaking. And has nothing to do with with crime scenes and and uh, DNA or anything like that. I am guilty of thinking that it was
1: like a CSI club. In yeah, high school. no, I, was, I, I was and like, oh, I, they I investigate crimes. Like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I don't wrong.
0: I don't blame you for <laughs> for thinking that way. So, but it is it is a, a competitive speaking club with with tournaments and competitions across the across the country, and so I was really involved in that in in high school, and, and that was um, you know again just something that I think all helped me crystallize the you know the vision that I had of, of wanting to uh, to be a, a sports broadcaster and then going to college I got really involved at the at the campus radio station at the University of Wisconsin and had the opportunity to go to Rose Bowls and broadcast NCAA basketball tournaments frozen fours for the for the student radio station so that was a that was a really great. Extracurricular activity in college that really, I guess, was a, a great complement to what I was learning in a formal sense in the classroom. Then also, I had the opportunity to go out and just do it, which I think was uh, as important, if not more important, than the actual classroom work. What was the dream
2: job for you? Like when you, you know, sit down, you you decide in college that okay, this is what I want to do. When it's all said and done, I want to be remembered as this. What would that job have been for you?
0: I I've always kind of balked at that question a little bit because I, I've always just wanted, I've always wanted a job like this. I mean, I, I never I never thought it would be the Blackhawks necessarily, but I also didn't, I, I never really said, oh, I want to be the, the, you know, the Chicago Cubs announcer at all costs, you know, or, or whatever. I, I just, I just really, I just, it was, this was always something that I really enjoyed and it was, I guess going back to college and trying to trying to get a foot in the door professionally, it was just something that I, you know, because I, I was like, look, a lot of people want to get into this. A lot of people get out for one reason or another because it's it's ultra competitive. You're not making any money when you start out. A lot of times you have to move to a, a small market, a small town to jumpstart your career. And after college when all of my friends were moving to Chicago or New York or LA, I moved to Midland Michigan and and you know got just just so I could get on the air and be uh, be the lead voice of a of a minor league baseball team. So I guess for me it's always been this is what I love to do let me see how far it takes me or where I get. I never had I never had like that that dream job I never wanted to be the voice of a specific team or, you know, call the the World Series or the Super Bowl or anything like that. Now, all of that would be great, especially getting in hockey. Now, I mean it w- it would be great to it would be great to call a Stanley Cup, but um, you know, I'm I'm right now I'm I'm happy where I'm at, and I've got I've got a lot to, a lot on my plate right now, and we'll we'll see where it goes. Having the the
1: multitude of sports that you've done and different you know different networks and events you've been able to do through school and your professional career up to up until now, is there A game or an event that sticks out that you did that you were like, that was one of my favorite, whether or not it was like the game was great or maybe it was just like that broadcast was perfect. Like,
0: do you have do you have one that like sticks out in your mind? Well, I still have never called the perfect game. So I, uh, I don't know if I ever will, you know, there's always, after every game, you always walk away and it's, it's really an adrenaline rush, honestly, when, when you're done with the game, especially these, these NHL games or it, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. There's always something that you, you wish you had done differently, maybe phrased a little bit differently or something like that. So I don't think I've had the perfect broadcast, although I will always endeavor to have the perfect <laughs> broadcast, but there are yeah there there are a bunch of moments that stand out calling I got to call the the Frozen 4 the Women's Frozen 4 one year on the Big 10 network and Wisconsin my alma mater was not only in the Frozen 4 but then won the national championship game that was a lot of fun getting to cover the Olympics I've I've had the chance to do to do 3 Olympics I haven't been on site but still being part of the of the NBC team to cover the Olympics and setting up shop at their studio in Stanford for two, three weeks, and you're working crazy hours because the games are in Asia and, and you're living like you're in China or South Korea or Japan or whatever the case may be, that, is, that has been a lot of fun too. The Summer Olympics last year, I was doing fencing Oh, wow <laughs> fencing and so side note it, it, it I had a I had an oh shoot moment when I realized that the primary language of fencing is French so the officials communicate to the athletes in French and all of the commands are given in French and I was like, wait, so I got to learn a new sport and a oh new language gosh. at the same time. so <laughs> that w- then then fast forward though to the to the actual event and I got to call Lee Kiefer's gold medal winning bout which was one of the first gold medals that the United States won at the Tokyo games. And it was uh, one of the, um, it, it was the first gold medal in that particular discipline in fencing that the United States had won in a long time. So that got a lot of buzz. Mike Tirico, uh threw from primetime live to me one time when we were, uh, when we were doing the summer Olympics. So that w- that was, the Olympics are such, it's a global event. It's just different than anything else I've covered so that's another uh really cool event that I feel lucky to have been a part of
3: when you guys are in Montreal next next season you'll know what the PA guy is saying now because of that (laughs) fencing experience that's true pays off
0: well and I've heard oh Canada so many times now that that they've got the the or the verse in French that they will sometimes sing so yeah I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm getting there definitely
2: what was it like calling a game that you were not in attendance for it's got to be a challenge, and what sort of resources do you get that maybe uh, the the viewer doesn't know about?
0: It is a challenge. You have to you have to bring you have to bring your own energy. One of the one of the greatest parts about the job is the crowd, yeah. honestly, and and it's one of the great, the most fun parts I think of listening to a broadcast as well is hearing the roar of the crowd on those big goals, those big moments, and and so not having that either A because you're not on site or B because there are no fans in the in attendance you definitely have to have to kind of bring your own your own energy a little bit so it was a challenge i found that really like once you put the headset on even if you're not on site you do kind of get lost in the in the screen in the in the television monitor a little bit off which you're calling the game so again once the once the puck drops once the game starts i really didn't think it was that big of an adjustment to be honest nothing beats being in person and and seeing the game with your own eyes you can see so much more mm-hmm. because you've got a, a 360 degree view and you're not just reliant on what you see on the monitor but y- you have a lot of you have a lot of help you have a lot of resources I mean it, it's similar in that you've got a, a producer and director who are maybe a little bit more hands-on and telling you okay here are the shots that we're going to next so you can tailor your call to the picture a little bit more but, um, you know, it, it's, it's all hands on deck, and, and that's one of the, the learning things for me about working in TV is that you're you're a team player. You're a, you're a cog in the wheel. There are so many other parts that go into the broadcast beyond just you that, uh, you know, it, it, it works the same way. And, and, it again, as a guy that was never good enough to play sports at a at a high level, certainly not a level like this, it's cool still feeling like you're on a team when when you work on, on these broadcasts. It's a lot of fun. If you enjoy CHGO,
2: one way to help us continue to grow and have more cool interviews like this with Chris Fosters is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two th- risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. And in case you missed it, online sign up for PointsBet is available now in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700. It's been fun, man. This has been great. It's been a really really it's great to get to know you. Thank you. I think all the fans are looking to get are looking forward to getting to know you as the years go on here. And look, man, if you do a good job, you're going to have the job for 40 years and yeah. a big on <laughs> a ceremony and yeah. uh, all the free golf you'll ever want even if you suck at it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I always say when it, this was has been I'm not a good golfer either. My my goal is to be good enough to not annoy the people I'm golfing with. That's it. If that's the bar you set, you can. That's that's attainable. I promise you.
0: Just uh, just try not to <laughs> suck. That uh, yeah. that that's old it. old classic saying. We've yeah. heard that before. I, yeah. I
3: I did, and that's why I gave up that horrible sport. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: might. I, well, then if if it doesn't work out on the on the on the links, Greg and I can we can commiserate together about uh, how much we hate golf. Yeah, we'll, so <laughs> we'll go bowling. I, that's <laughs> right. That's yeah, more, yeah, that's there, more you you my speed. There you go. Yeah. I've got a home either way. Can't That's perfect. That it's
2: absolutely perfect. We want to thank uh, Will and everybody at the Blackhawks yes. for making this happen. Uh, Derek King, Chris Voster, so far we've only been on the air for, what, just over a month now. It's The partnership has been wonderful. We look forward to a whole bunch more. Uh, got a nice long offseason. It should be very newsy. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. to talk about. So, um Don't think just because the season ends this week that our coverage and our uh, Guests and all those things are going to end because uh, we're here for you five days a week. And if you want to learn more about CHGO, make sure you go to allchgo.com and become a member. You get uh, access to our members-only Discord, uh, special events, uh, early access, and those sort of things. You can search the CHGO locker, read all of our great web content. So go to allchgo.com and become a member today. So that's going to do it. We're going to wrap things up on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks to Chris Vosters for being here. Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabassi, I'm Jay Zawaski. We'll talk to you after tomorrow night's game on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.